Super. Wow, it's good to be with you. I don't take it lightly to stand before you. It is my view that, that if, if we don't bring the word of God, we waste your time. But if you don't receive the word of God, you are wasting time. And I, my prayer is that we would all hear and receive. We will internalize what God is saying. Then we will put this into practice. That is my desire. Let me share a few things. Amen. I want to share a few things with you about Jesus. I was talking to Sister Martha. I think it was Pastor Tim and maybe somebody else. I don't remember who all was in the office. Um, may have been our Sister Jadita. But we were talking about Jesus and I wanted to just share them my, my heart concerning Jesus because it's like more and more I understand Christ in his humanity. Uh, you know, I've always, well, not for always, but, but a long, long, long time, decades, I've known that Jesus was uh, Mary's baby and Joseph was a stepfather. I knew all of those almost as facts in my head, but I've come to know him in a deeper way, in a deeper way, in that when I think about Jesus having a mother, it is just overwhelming to me that, that Jesus Christ has a birthday, you know, on the earth. So he's fully human. We know that he is fully human. I would like for us to really, just as it were, study Jesus just to get in the Bible and just study Jesus. And my mind goes back to a professor years ago when I heard he had spent his life studying Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln. And uh, I, I think that that's good in, in an earthly uh, sense, but it's not in an, in an eternal sense. And I would like for us to really know this man, Jesus, who, because he was a man, he also had a date with death and he is yet God's son. Uh, I think about him, and these things may be old hat to you, but they are new to me at different levels of understanding because the truth of God is layered, this layer upon layer upon layer. <clears throat> and I think about Jesus uh, maybe as a child, playing as a child, and somebody asking him, who is your daddy? And he said, Yahweh. You know, Jehovah, he's my dad. And he, Jesus being different than, than all the kids, uh, in, in a, but yet one of them. And uh, when they might say, well, my dad is Levi, my dad is Judah, but Jesus had a dad. God was his dad because the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and placed the, the seed of God, the word of God in her womb. And the word brought forth Jesus it's just amazing and that this man was destined to die for us because the first Adam had messed everything up. Uh, that was the, the, we came from that first Adam. He had messed everything up. And God says, a, a man has to make it all right. So God then became a man to make it all right. And it was Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit that brought everything back into right order. Now, we, we haven't seen it fully brought back into right order, but the writer of Hebrews says, but we see Jesus. And so Jesus' work 
is, uh, is uh, complete and ongoing. It is complete uh, in that he is seated on the throne of God. And this man is our foundation. He is seated presently on the throne of God, waiting for all that he has done to be consummated. This is the one that we, we, we love and cherish. I am just amazed, and we have said these things before, but sometimes, you know, there's this word nuance. It's a French word. It, 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 ha it brings uh, uh, with it the understanding that there are things that are not said that are true, that are implied. They are the subtleties kind of, of a thing. And uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus, uh, who is, has overcome everything and who is now seated at the right hand of God, it, it's a man who is there. It, it's a man who is there. I know we've said that maybe a hundred times or two hundred times, but uh, there's something in me that understands it even deeper, that there is somebody just like you, just like you, who is seated on the throne of God. And, and he is our foundation. Adam messed it up. He has restored it. He, he, and so we are part of that restoration. Actually, Actually, we are a huge part of it because we are now the, the house of God, the dwelling place of God. But we have to understand what that brings us and the responsibilities. I, I wanted to say a few things like that. There's more that I could say. I said to the church Wednesday that I would like to sometime just come in and we'll just sit down and talk with each other because Jesus is not just your get-out-of-hell-free card. He's not that. He is so much greater than that. And uh, God has, God really, when he gave us Jesus, he gave us the kingdom. You know, he gave us the kingdom of God. So I want you to understand those things and just know my heart as I delve into the message a little bit more fully. Uh, I want to talk today about the foundation of the Lord. This is the, the sixth message. And I want to talk a little bit, maybe concentrate a little bit on the image of God. You know, the, uh, this word in the Greek is icon, but it is a resemblance. It actually means a statue, but it is a, an exact uh, image or resemblance of, of, the, of God. So Jesus being the image of God, he is everything that the Father is that you cannot see. And so God wanted us to see him, to know him, and he became a man. So Jesus, this Jesus is just so uh, amazing. And I hope these things aren't just um, uh, facts for you, but they are truths that will cause you to walk in victory. Uh, if Christ then gifted you with his victory, he is victory, and he's gifted you with himself his victory. You actually have the spirit of God living in you. And, and I know we say that, but sometimes we say that so quickly, I'm not sure that we grasp the import of it. But we actually have the Spirit of God. And if I have the Spirit of God, I don't have a lesser God. I have God living inside me. I'm a vessel of God. And I would like for us to be acutely aware of that every day. Now, let me uh, be optimistic and try to finish what I'm going to share here today in a few minutes, like 25 or 30 minutes. 
In Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, um, and then we'll go from Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17 to Hebrews 8, 5. Let's read. So let no one judge you in food or in drinks or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths. He says, don't let anybody judge you in that, which are a shadow of things to come. So these, this, this is uh, Judaism, and it, it says it is a shadow. So Judaism brought us a shadow, and the Jewish people, it was through them that we have the Messiah. So let's don't depreciate the Messiah, their value, they were chosen. We often say, well, they're God's chosen people, but for what? Uh, they were the people through whom God came, and he has he's come to, uh, through the earth. But th this system... The, uh, Paul is teaching us that all of these things are a shadow of things to come, but he says the substance is of Christ. And what he shows us is that Jesus is the reality of, of all of that, that all of the rituals that they would go through, observing these festivals, first fruits and various uh, first fruits, Pentecost, tabernacles, all those things. He says the substance was Christ. So then first fruits was all about Christ. It wasn't about barley, uh, uh, the barley harvest. It wasn't about that. When the high priest uh, would go out and shake the barley harvest on the first day of the week, uh, that was not barley that God was saying. He was saying that the Son of God would one day rise up from the dead and would be the first fruits of those who slept. That's what he was saying. And then, and then, of course, uh, in Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, uh, it was not just about some people uh, speaking in tongues and, and being drunk with the Spirit. It was not just about that. It was about the, uh, uh, being drunk, but it was about them being filled with the Spirit of God. So that's what it was about. So Jesus was the reality of, that, of counting those days because it was 50 days after the resurrection. 40 days living on the earth and 10 days in, uh, in heaven on the throne of God. He had promised the disciples, and then thus he promises us that when I arrive at the throne, I will send you my spirit. I will send you the Holy Spirit. And so th this is just amazing reality in that the substance is of Christ. So what am I saying? I'm saying that everything that was written before was directing us to this amazing person, Jesus Christ. But remember, the other things were a shadow, a type. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5, in Hebrews 8, verse 5, he says to us, priests who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things. And what he tells us is that the, Jude the, the Judeo system was a shadow. And what they did, he said, the priests... They offered gifts according to the law. They served the copy and the shadow of the heavenly things. And what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to prepare you for just a, for, a few, for a few minutes here, how to, to receive, rather, something real, something concrete. What that, that system did was a, it served a shadow. It was a type. So when you, you hear things like, on the news, the Judeo-Christian ethic. We Christians just eat that up. I mean, we just like that. We, we are kind of gullible in a lot of ways. I, I want you to be open, but I want you to be open to what is good. 
But, but when we say Judeo-Christian, we sort of, what we have done unknowingly is we have juxtaposed something that I think that, that seen rightly would be a good thing. Because when you lay them side by side, or when you say Judeo-Christian, we are Judeo-Christian, I think we're Christian and not Judeo-Christian. We're Christian, and I, I know what people mean, but that's not really what God has done because that was a shadow. So we don't have a, a, the shadow and the person being in the same place. I have a shadow over there. It's a shadow. This light is casting a shadow. You don't come to my shadow and talk to it. You talk to the real person. And so we have the reality. It's Christ. They had the shadow. The, the shadow said there is a real person. And now that we've found the real person, why are we looking and spending time with the shadow? I said, I've said to men before, when they talk, we talk about these things, I've said to them, what do you want? You know, they try to tell me you know, they want to uh, buy a yarmulke and uh, put that on the head and, and kind of do those little songs. I mean, it's okay if you want to sing the songs. I have no issue with that because we have the reality. But I say to those guys who insist on uh, being Jewish, they're Gentiles, but they insist on being Jewish, I say to them, let me just put it to you like this. What would you rather have, a picture of your wife or your wife? Your picture, <laughs> the, the picture shows that you have a wife. So while you're carrying around the, the picture and she's sitting down there, you look at the picture, oh, I love you. Tell her, all right? So we must not keep looking at the picture or the shadow but we must, we have the reality. So let's embrace the reality that is before us. So, so, so our, the, what I'm trying to say to us today is that you and I have a sure foundation and that foundation is not a thing or an inanimate object. It is the, the person of Jesus Christ. We just sometimes don't seem to grasp the value of Jesus. Some of us even think, well, you don't have to say Jesus, Jesus to be preaching Jesus. Well, I, why don't I talk about you and just talk to you in random terms? You know, let's say you, you've overcome a lot, but I'm talking about this man, this man. You're sitting there. I never mentioned you. This man did it. Nobody knows it's really you. So that's how we, we tend to be about Jesus. Well, I'm unashamedly uh, Christian. I, I'm unashamedly. And, and I love him, and I trust that you love him, and I want to impart with you that love, and I want to, uh, I want to speak something that, that causes you to be strong in this person and to know the lengths that God has gone to to bring you to him. It, it, uh, that's what I really want you to understand. If I, if I stand here and, and preach eloquently, if, it were, if that were possible, if I were to stand here and preach eloquently and you left here talking about my eloquence, and you won't be doing that, by the way, <laughs> talking about my eloquence more than the Jesus I'm preaching, I will have failed. Amen. We boast in, in gifts and other things, but the substance is Christ. Amen. Amen. So, so let's move to Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, let's look at the first 10 verses. When you're there, can you say amen? Okay. It says, for the law, having a shadow, a shadow. 
of the good things to come and not the very image of the things. It has, it's a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things. Can never, with these sacri same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. So notice, he's saying here that the law, this amazing law, the Jewish people had a law, and I'm not anti-Semitic, don't ever get that. Uh, we, we love uh, Israel, we're for Israel, but this is what I really want. I want the church to be the church so that Israel will see what she was supposed to be. That's what I, that's my desire, and that they would join us as the body of Christ because God has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. So don't ever think I'm anti-Semitic, I'm not at all. But the scripture is showing us the reality of Jesus Christ, and the church must, must uh, uh, have this truth inculcated in them that they might receive it, internalize it, and then walk out this amazing reality of the heavenly things. Now, he says that the law has a shadow, but not the very image, can never make with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they have not ceased to be offered? What he's saying is if, if they could, if those, the sacrificing of bulls and goats could have made people perfect, you know, they wouldn't have had to keep making, offering them every year. On the Day of Atonement, you know, having the, going into the Holy of Holies, the high priest going in there and offering sacrifice for our sin. It couldn't make us perfect. You may say, I, that's why I, I, I'm bothered sometimes, maybe all the time, when I hear people say, well, I'm not perfect. I go, really? We ought to have a perfect heart. We are, we are a work in, in progress, so no, all of my actions aren't perfect, but I've got something perfect in here that I'm working from. I'm working from a good heart, not a Jeremiah 17 heart. My heart and your heart is not desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's not my heart. My head still has some problems. <laughs> but God's working that out too. He says, he says, these would have, would, not, would have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers once purified, that means clean, cleansed, purged, uh, their guilt extinguished, or, or their guilt put an end to. He said, for the worshipers once pur purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. So when he tells, he shows us this amazing reality, so our foundation on which we, are, we, we are, have our being is now working all of that foundational reality into us. Uh, you know, I know there are some groups, and I don't want to call any groups, but they, there's a, an understanding that we're sinners. Oh, well, I'm just a sinner. I'm just, here's a guy I've been preaching for 50 years. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. You are, really? Because, because God made sinners sanctified ones. So he has taken us from the scope, from the, the realm of sin. The Bible says he has, he, he has uh, delivered us from the power of darkness. 
sin and translated us, transferred us, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. So what God has done, He has moved, removed us from this reminder of sin. The old system was a reminder of sin. Every year, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. And whenever somebody is always talking about you're a sinner, you're a sinner, they are caught in the old, the shadow. Because to be honest with you, when I look around this room, there are many of us here, you, you don't have that consciousness of sin or conscious, uh, a, a constant consciousness of sin. You just don't have that. Now, brother, yes, the devil will shoot those old uh, sin bombs and sin thoughts into your head. Yeah, I used to think that was me. Oh, God, oh, how wretched I am. But no, I realized that the enemy, that was his warfare. She, okay, remember when you, remember when you, remember when you. And now if you're a remember when you person, you're helping the devil. Amen. Are you with me? Am I speaking Greek? So, so stop reminding people who, who are, have been washed. I remember how you dirty you used to be. Well, I'm not dirty anymore. Are you with me? Hallelujah, somebody. So, because he says that system was always reminding. But Jesus' blood has cleansed us. Hallelujah, somebody. He goes on to say in verse 3, but in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. Why? For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. It was impossible. So we see the weakness of that system. Are you with me over here? Verse 5 is so good. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, this is what Jesus says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. He said, you didn't desire all those animals being slain. That wasn't what you, you were desiring, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me, I delight to do your will, O God. So I delight to do your will. It is written of me that I delight to do your will. So those of us who have the spirit of the risen Christ living in us, we delight to do his will. We delight. Now, there may be something trying to pull you over. Have you ever driven a car with a, with a, with out of alignment, always trying to pull you off road or into a head-on collision? Yeah, that's what the enemy wants to do. But, what you, but you have to recognize and realize that you have been given the Spirit of God so that you will know, not wonder, you will know those things that are freely given to you by God. And what, when you have the Spirit of God, you have the life of God, and we have the Spirit of God, you have God living in this frame. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 This is big. This, what God has done for us through Jesus, is immeasurable. 
But you have to understand that. Don't take it lightly. It's not just a get out of hell. All I know is I'm out of hell and that's all I want. Well, you don't talk like a person who has the Spirit of God. We are built on all of this truth here. We are built on that. This is our foundation. All this good stuff is our foundation. Amen. Amen. Now he says in verse 8, he says, previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, listen, which was offered or which are offered according to the law. He says, now he's showing us that this was offered. Now this has been what we call abrogated. It's been abrogated. It's been done away with. Okay, it has been done away with. And the reason it is done away with is because the reality has come. Okay, you and I are the envy of everybody who lived before us who had faith. This is what righteous men, men and kings wanted. They wanted to live in the economy of the Spirit. You and I do not live in the economy of the flesh, but we live in the economy of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I love this. He says, he says, these things were offered according to the law, but God had no pleasure in them. Then he said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God. So he, he states again, I've come to do your will, O God. He says, I've come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. He takes away that system that he may establish this system, this economy of the Spirit of God. We are people filled with the Spirit of God. Every born-again believer has the Spirit of God. Every born-again believer has the Spirit of God, and this is a new economy. Amen? And, and the, uh, the writer says, by that will, I've come to do your will. By that will, I have come to do your will, O God. By that will, verse 10, by that will, the will of God, the will of Jesus, by that will, we have been sanctified. We have been set apart. We have been made holy. We have been cleansed by that will through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So when you are born again, you don't have to be born again three and four and five and six, seven, eight times because it's a one for all blessing. Hallelujah. That's our foundation. That's the, the one on whom we stand. I, I, I know, you know, that it doesn't matter what the enemy brings against you. I know you're going to be all right. You see, when Jesus walked the earth, he brought his disciples to faith, faith in him. Not faith in the old system, faith in him. It was a new thing that God was doing. Faith in him. And he, once they came to, to know and believe that he had come from God, when they knew it, when they, when they believed it, he could go back to heaven. He could go to heaven. Why? Because he had brought them to faith. And when God has brought you to a place where his spirit lives in you, and his spirit is controlling you, it's all over. All that stuff that the devil is forming, it's over. I tell you, when we really, really say, I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new person, I'm a new kind of humanity, it's over. Yeah. I said earlier that 
I testify that I am not in any way anti-Semitic, but there is something I, I long for and something I want to see. And I want to see the church being the church that Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I built my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I long to see us walking in that reality, and when we walk in that reality, uh, uh, the Jewish people who, who see us will recognize that we are what God intended for them. They will see that. They will see a people. I said in the first service, you know, a lot of times we're looking for a, a nation in, in, in America, especially I hear things like, oh, we're a Christian nation, we're a Christian nation, we're blah, blah, blah. You know, brothers and sisters, don't be mad at me, don't stone me. But that's just not accurate. We are a nation of Christians, but we're not a Christian nation. Because if we're a Christian nation, all this crazy stuff, if that's Christianity, you're confusing me. And God is not the author of confusion. But, but God, we are God's nation. Believers are God's nation. Yes, God does have a nation, but it's believers, believers from, from, from the USA, from Mexico, from Guatemala, Nicaragua, South American nations, Europe, Asia, Africa. We are a new creation. We are the nation of God built on a sure foundation, one that cannot be destroyed. That's who we are. He takes away the second that he may establish. Uh, takes away the first, he may establish the second. And you and I are sanctified. Now let me look at uh, Colossians 3 as, as I rush. Would you mind if I rush? I want to rush. Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10. He tells us in Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10, some, some more very good information here. And I use the word information uh, somewhat differently than some use it. I use it as what is informing me, what it informs you. And, and this truth here will take shape in you, and it will shape your life. Inform, formed in. All right? So you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. I just love this so much. He says to us that when you and I express faith in Jesus Christ, there was something that happened in the spirit. There was a, a, a hand of God that this was done uh, there was a circumcision done without hands, without human hands. It was done by the Spirit. It was of another creation. But what happened was you then, by that confession of faith in Jesus, put off the old man with his deeds. That's why we, we're not always reminded about sin, sin, sin. Shut up. Man. All that stuff always constantly. You know, you're doing the devil's work. Nobody can, you know, it's like crabs in a barrel trying to come out. One crab trying to get some freedom, you pulling them down. If I can't get out, neither, neither will you. <laughs> come on, stop that. Stop that. I can't forget, so I'm not going to let you forget. Well, you're, you're complicit with the devil. You're, you're guilty of aiding and abetting the enemy. Stop it, church. We're better than that. You've put off the old man with his deeds. So you, you ought not to be sinning every day like, like the, some people say, watch sin every day. Well, you do? Wow. 
with the Spirit of God in you and you're doing stuff every day? I, I know I'm going, I heard one guy said, I know I'll see him tomorrow. You do? Well, I wake up every, every uh, morning not having committed sin for several hours. <laughs> Let me get back. And you and I have put on the new man, the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So we are now made according to the image of Jesus Christ. That's what the scripture is saying. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. He is the center. He is, he is the one that God is making us to look like. Are you with me? So, so while I'm sinning, and I'm talking God, God, Jesus, Jesus, uh, and I'm just, I'm sinning willfully. I, I know I'm wrong, but that's okay. One day, that's wrong stuff. That's wrong-headed crazy. And it, it, you might be saying you're not safe. I, 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 I want to speak truth to you. And more than likely you're saying I'm not saved yet. You know, because you cannot sin and like it. Sometimes I, I give a rebuke to, to somebody who needs it, you know, like a strong correction to somebody who needs it, and I feel bad. I was in a situation here recently, and I was talking to one of the brothers. I was in a situation where I had to, to say something to somebody who was doing, who had kind of done some, some things that weren't correct, and um, I said some things. Where I said, Lord, why does it make me feel bad? It, I'll tell you what I think. I think it makes me feel bad because God gets no pleasure in bringing you down. He doesn't get any pleasure in that. And God doesn't like spanking his kids. He doesn't like that. And so I want us to be good and obedient children. And stop, as, it, as my dad used to say, having a mind of your own. Stop just saying, well, I just, I just. No, no, no. You have eye problems, and we're going to have some glasses for you. The Word of God. Okay? Say he's not angry. He's passionate. Okay. Let me read some things to you very quickly. Uh, from 1 Corinthians 15, and, and Paul is talking about the dead and how, they, they, uh, uh, and, and how they're raised. But I, I want to just run through this quickly uh, because it's relevant to, to this foundation. You see, you and I will, will be like Jesus in every regard, in every regard. And uh, we, you and I, before the church, before Christ came, the, no human being had a victorious death. Not one had a victorious death. But since Jesus, every believer has a victorious death. Yeah, yeah, with, with, with death, you don't lose. Now, if you don't know Jesus, you lose. But with death, I win! You know? That's, uh, yeah, you do. The, the, the scriptures are very clear there. So let me read quickly in verse 36. Uh, he says, foolish ones, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. Great principle. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each seed his own body. And so what, what, what uh, Paul wants us to understand is that you don't plant wheat and get barley. You don't plant barley and get wheat. You don't plant beans and get corn. You know, so, so and he's also uh, showing us that, that God, you don't put, plant a bean and get a bean up. 
you, get, you plant a bean, you get something that looks different. And so what he's showing us is that there is glory that waits us that is far greater than our minds can conceive. He goes on to say that uh, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of animals, another fish, another birds. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for one star differs from another star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. So what Paul is showing us here, the body is sown in corruption, is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. And what, what Paul is saying is the way that you serve God in your body is going to determine the degree of your glory. That's what he's showing us. And so sometimes, Christian, I just want to be saved. Yeah, when you're saved, you'll be full, but, but you won't have glory like the other person has glory. And so what, what do we want? Why do we want glory? Just so we'll be the biggest, baddest? No, no, no. We want to do that so that God, our Father, uh, can look at us in the ages to come and, and point to us, this is my glory. Because this is what they were, but this is what they are. Look, look at what I've done. That's huge to me. So glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your life. Don't say, well, I know I'm saved. That's all. No, it's not all. Now, let me continue. Verse 44, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. Wow. There is a natural body and there's a spiritual body. Jesus' spiritual body was not subject to nature, to natural laws. He could go through a wall. And it's amazing. You could see him coming through the wall. And then he was then tangible. You could touch him. And then he could, be, he could be there and he could be gone. He could be here and then he could be in Asia in the split second because natural laws could not confine him. And this is to the glory of God. This is the one on whom we are built. And so what he's saying is don't worry about these transitional things. Okay. Then he tells us, as it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So Jesus is a life-giving spirit. Then he tells us, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterwards, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. So what Paul is saying to us, we look like Adam, the first man, but we shall look like Jesus. We shall be like him. We shall be like him. And this is to, not to your glory. It's to the glory of God. And that means that whatever you have to go through, just go through it. Go through it because God is for you in every situation. And if God is for you, who can be against you? He says, as we are born the image of the man of dust, and we have, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. He says, just as surely as you look like the first man, Adam, just as surely as that, just look in the mirror, you will look like Christ. You will be just like Christ, not approximately. Now, the first man, Adam, the second man, Christ, the new man, you. Yeah. 
so this is how we're built. So we're bu built to succeed. Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. He has predestined you to look like Jesus. I know there are days when you feel like, I don't know if I can make it. I'm lonely. I'm sad. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough strength. Uh, I don't know what this Christian life is about. No, don't give up. It's all to the glory of God, for he has predestined you. He has predetermined you that you're going to come through everything you're going through, and you're going to look just like Jesus. He predestined you to be conformed to the image of his son. Why, Father? Why? That Jesus would not be alone, but that Jesus would be the firstborn of many brethren. That Jesus would be the first one to rise from the grave, and now there's going to be a million, billion, billions rising from the grave to be just like him, having the same victory that he had. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Your victory is assured. If you don't feel like it, you ought to stand on your feet and claim it, declare it, because it is so. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody here. Hallelujah, somebody. God has done great things for you. And they cannot be undone. Your trials cannot undo the work of Jesus. Rejection cannot undo the work of Jesus. For if you are rejected, he chose you. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for saving us from our thoughts and our ideas. Thank you for saving us from a Christianity that falls short. Thank you for saving us from sin consciousness. I may not have reached my goal fully for what you have for me, but I'm on my way. I'm not the man I used to be. You're not the person you used to be. And whoever's in your life just keeps reminding you, I, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I pray that God will make a separation. Those who have sin consciousness and, and, and promote sin consciousness and build up sin consciousness because we're a new creation. We're a brand new person. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Mm, wow. If you're here today and you, you've not received Christ as your Savior, I want you to do something for me. I want you to come down. If you've not received Christ for your Savior, you say, well, I don't know if I want to come down anyway. I want you to come down anyway, just come down. I know a brother who mockingly gave his heart to God just to get rid of the preacher. He was at a gambling shack, mockingly, just, yeah, yeah okay, Jesus, come in my heart, come on, come on. Okay, forgive me, I'm a sin. 
preacher left and he went back to sit down at the gambling table, told him his buddies, I don't know, man, I don't feel like gambling. I'm going home. I want you to come down if you want Jesus to come into your heart. That brother came down, that brother went home, and when he walked into the house, his wife called his name and said, what, what happened to you? You look different. And he didn't know he was mockingly, and God took him serious, mockingly coming. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, this is your day, this is your moment. 